This is a Four Sevens Network podcast. Foursevens.com. The Sniffer. Welcome to The Sniffer. I'm Kathy Bond. <laughs> wow, you're kicking it old school this time. I am. She's Nora Young. And I'm Nora Young. That's right. <laughs> yes. And that feels fun, weirdly uh, formal. We don't usually introduce the the show and ourselves. No, well, we usually it's, just start know, it's good to mix things up a little mm-hmm. bit. Hi, That's Rue. True. You had a really interesting, have an interesting story. Yes, <laughs> I had one, but I lost it. No, uh, <laughs> it's not really new, but it's an interesting argument that uh, Alex Stefan had up at the World Changing blog. And basically, he was suggesting that what if the push towards globalization, which is so far seemed to be so uh, unrelentingly you know, going in one way, might actually be coming to a standstill or even moving the other direction. Mm-hmm. He looked at the fact that the New York Times was talking about how the high cost of oil is causing some companies to rethink their shipping costs in terms of taking things from halfway across the world yeah, and bring them over. That's great adding example. To those, mm-hmm. That Tesla example, mm-hmm. you know, the electric car people? Mm-hmm. Because they were going to make it all over the world, and now they're just scaling right back, and they're doing it in California. Mm-hmm. Actually, the Tesla example in particular points to another part that he points out, is that you know, even if you look at the the energy footprint of all that shipping, even if the cost doesn't keep going up, the idea of selling your customers on the fact that you're shipping these things all over the world, especially if it's something like Tesla, which presumably the people who are buying it would be people who are interested in environmental issues, yeah. right? So that was one of his arguments. He talked about the idea of uh, securing a diversity of, uh, of your supply chain so that you're not as dependent on one site, uh, increasing transparency, And another thing that was interesting is the move towards more cradle-to-cradle production, meaning that if you have to take care of the end products, do you want to keep sort of shipping things all over the place, you know, back to where they came from or whatever, right? So there was a lot of interesting parts about it. But, you know, this is something that we've talked about before in the the past of the idea of the return to localism and people wanting things that are made here or whatever. But, you know, your point, and I think you're right about this, is that people say... Oh yeah, that's a good idea, but they're not but really no, pulling up the lined, money. Yeah, it. they're lined up at Walmart. Yeah, to exactly. Get the cheapest price. But this may be suggesting that well, if there are enough things in place, both in terms of energy costs, but also things like cradle to cradle, maybe it actually will not start to look like such a good deal to be shipping things all over the place. Remember, you were talking about cars once that um, would be made and they'd go back to the manufacturer yeah. at the end yeah rather than me buying a sofa and then it's my responsibility to get rid of this horrible old you know sofa once it's once it's done that you take it back to this is the the idea of Michael Brongard in Cradle to Cradle that yeah. you don't buy a sofa you buy 25,000 sits <laughs> and then when it's all done you take it back to the manufacturer yeah. which is a way of encouraging people to Uh, manufacturers to adopt those kind of policies. The other thing that I thought that was kind of interesting about this argument was just comparing the potential future economies of China, which at the present time is built around the manufacturing of consumer durables, versus India, which is increasingly built around the idea of provision of services that are provided in a virtual way. And, And Stefan in the article talks about the virtualization of services and um, the fact that that doesn't use the same amount of energy. And it did make me wonder, well, does this have potential impacts for the economic growth of India versus China in terms of the strategy that they're pursuing in terms of how their economies are growing? Well, no, because when I got your notes on that, I thought, oh my gosh, that's so smart. 
in India, pretty much everything that they get or that they eat or anything that they consume comes from India. Especially when it was more of a command economy, they didn't have like for years you you couldn't get Coca Cola in India and stuff because they were it was all built around building up that economy. Now you have these huge giant corporations like Tata and stuff. It all comes back to people will still be lining up at Walmart to get the cheapest things. Yeah, and as to, as to your point, you know, if the economy is tanking as well. Yeah, that was serious. That was it was serious very serious. Yeah. What do you have? I have a nano antenna. <laughs> Rue, you're a shaggy dog. Come here. <laughs> How does it work? How does, does it, it work? work? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just going to read yeah. it. <laughs> no, I saw this on Engadget, and I just thought it was something that was really neat. Now, it's a technology that's in its infancy, but what it looked like is imagine on the back of your laptop, there's like something that looks like a little super-duper tiny um, solar panel. Mm -hmm. And what it does is it collects all of the heat that your PC generates and is able to transfer that energy into other applications like maybe powering your PC or powering a light mm -hmm. in your home or whatever. Now, they admit that they haven't been able to successfully convert it to a DC, right? which is the standard that, so that you would need, but they're working on that. And once they have that new manufacturing process, you'd be able to have that on so many different yeah. things. And speaking of cradle to cradle, I mean, we were talking about that, and that's a perfect example of taking something that is typically, you know, a waste product, the heat that's lost in, in computation or whatever, and turning it into an actual energy source. So yeah. it's, it's very cool. No, because the amount I have nothing bad to say about it. I know. I it's I, a great idea. Yeah. So let's just wait. <laughs> hurry I think up. It, hurry up. We want that now. Well, no, just the amount of heat that my lab generates. Like, yeah. I know it could easily power a light. A light bulb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's my story. That's good. I have yes. just a quick. Oh yeah, you apropos have some... of nothing super snappy, really, which is I have no real hard evidence for this, but don't you get the feeling that like there's a huge Scandinavia chic thing going on now? Yeah, I think it started with teak furniture. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just like really, like in the last year, Scandinavia is like super hot. I know. It is. What have you bought? Oh, I bought Icelandic clothes in when I was in Newfoundland. That's not really Scandinavia, but it's, nor it's Nordic, Nordic, right? Yeah. They have this company called uh, North 66. That's all Icelandic outerwear. It's very hip, really nicely designed, really good quality. And there's a woman who lives in St. John's who I think her partner's uh, Icelandic. And she opened the only Canadian outlet for this kind of stuff. It's very cool stuff. Anyway, that was partly what made me think about it. But, you know, Monocle um, had this big thing on Copenhagen, and there's huge amounts of money in Norway. They must be able to do something interesting with it. Yeah, so it's about time we heard from them. Mm -hmm. What's up, Norway? Yo, Norway. Yo, Norway. <laughs> come to the blog. Norway, come to blog. For pictures of Nora in her new Icelandic suit. <laughs> she looks like Bjork. <laughs> Bjork Young. <laughs> Visit the blog for links to these stories and more at 47s.com slash the sniffer. Bye. Bye.